Hi. The parasha, the parasha is called Vayetze. Vayetze, and it's about Yaakov Avinu. It's about the interesting part of his life. But the story of Yaakov Avinu begins, begins in Parashat Toldot, of course. The previous parasha where Yaakov Avinu is born, together with um, Esav, Yaakov and Esav, are born together. And so, if you think about it, you would say that, um, that Yaakov is really developing in these parashiyot. In the parasha of Toldot, Yaakov is <coughs> passive. And he's, he's operated upon. His mother... Uh, he's forced into deceit of one kind or another however you explain it I mean it looks like deceit uh, not telling the truth um, forced to run away from his parents home because he was not able to resolve his relationship with his brother and that's why I think, I think, as I said uh, last week, the people like Yaakov. Yaakov, everybody's, everybody's familiar with Yaakov. Because families are that way. You know, the, all kinds of tensions, and, and uh, even if it doesn't get to the level of Yaakov Avinu, but we recognize it. We look and learn about Yaakov, we feel, you know, Avraham was a perfect philosopher. He lived in the world, as Chazal say, he lived in that world of philosophy. He thought about if, the, if there's a world, uh, if somebody created the world, and if somebody created the world, so it must be a purpose of the creation of the world. And that's Abraham. Yitzchak was tamim. He was pure. He, he accepted the dictates of God as being necessary. He didn't question that when Abraham, his father, told him that God wanted him to be sacrificed. So Yitzchak said, fine, you know, that's what God wants. That's what I'll do. So Abraham and Yitzchak, for all their greatness, were not personalities that we easily see ourselves emulating. I there's a difference between being a Talmud or being an emulator. Abraham and Yitzchak, Abraham and Yitzchak were, uh, were, were uh, was very hard to emulate them, to copy them, to be like them. It was very difficult. Yaakov changes that. Jai gets into trouble, he gets out of trouble, he has the fight between his mother and his father, and, and, and that, we, we're very familiar. He becomes a very familiar character. So again, in the parasha of Toldot, we find the passive kind of Yaakov. In the parasha of Vayetze, we find Yaakov proactive. He's doing things, he's getting into trouble, he's getting out of trouble, He's getting, you know, divine support and help, and then he kind of picks up on it and manages to run away. He manages to, at the end of the parasha, to make an arrangement 
with Lavan, uh, you know, who's going to be in charge, who's going to determine the boundary, who's going to set the new rules. Uh, uh, and so Yaakov changes. Yaakov changes. And if I was looking for the, uh, the seat of the change, for the reason, for the way that Yaakov became Yaakov, I mean, he started out uh, a quiet fellow, overshadowed by his brother, and uh, found it difficult to find a place for himself in the family. And finally, Esau causes him to leave, forces him to leave. He says, I'm going to kill him. I hate him. And his parents couldn't protect him, apparently, from Esau, and he had to leave. But on the way, on the way out of Eretz Kena'am, we would call it Eretz Israel today, on the way out, a remarkable thing happens to Yaakov, and that's at the beginning, the beginning of this parasha. The beginning of this parasha. And I wanted to look at several psukim, to especially look at several psukim, and those are the psukim on the side, the second side of the sheet, which are connected to the to the Ramban. But you can look at the the first one is Pasuk Yud Bet. If you turn back and look at Pasuk Yud Bet, Pasuk Yud Bet, Pasuk Yud Bet says Vayachalo. You remember Yaakov lay down, took a rock, put his head on the rock, and he had a dream. He had a dream. Now we know, we know if you the Rambam and the Ramban that a dream. Uh, Vayachalom is a certain level of awareness of, of God's uh, uh, interest. Like you could be a Vayachalom kind of person. It doesn't mean you dream away, but it's a positive thing. But what was the dream that Yaakov had? So the Pasuk says, Vayachalom v'inei sulam mutzav arza v'rosho bagia shabayma. Sulam, I guess, is a ladder. Well, that's a kind of word we know. Sulam, mutzav arsa. That the sulam, the ladder, is stuck into the ground. V'rosho magia shamaima. Rosho magia hashamaima. The head of the ladder is in, is in the heavens. V'hinei malachei elokim olivio dimbo. And he saw he saw this already is uh, remarkable. He saw that there were malachim. I mean, how did he know they were malachim? How did he know that they were malachim, elokim, olim, v'yordimbo? We don't know anything about that, but that verifies the idea that that Vayachalom was not just a dream, not one of Freud's dreams, but it was a prophetic dream. He saw something that he had never seen before, something he didn't know before. That's Vayachalom, uh, Vayachalom. If you look at the Rashi, the Rashi, Olim the Rashi only explains the end of the Pasuk, which says that the angels were Olim Yordim, Olim Tchila, Vakachak Yordim, Olim. First they went up, and then they came down. Vakach Yordim. Malachim shelivahu ba'aretz 
אין יוצאים חוצה לארץ, ועלו לרקיע. The angels that came with Yaakov in Eretz Yisrael, אין יוצאים חוצה לארץ. There's some kind of qualitative difference between Eretz Yisrael and Chutzlaretz for the angels. The angels who are Israel angels can't go to Chutzlaretz for some reason, right? But that the angels who are in Eretz Yisrael went up to heaven somehow, they climbed on the ladder. And they went up to heaven, whereas the angels that were supporting him in Chutzlaretz, well, they came down. They came down from somewhere or other. This is all kind of a little, a little bit strange, but if we turn the page and we look at the Ramban, we might find something interesting, right? The Ramban says this, He doesn't... Mixed words, right? Chalom nevuah. The word chalom in this case means prophecy. It's not just a dream. Not just a dream. Chalom nevuah. Ki kol ba'aretz al yedei ha-malachim. Kol ba'aretz al yedei malachim. Everything that happens in Eretz Canaan was done by angels. Vahakol Bigizrat Elyon Alehem. And they all the angels act as a result of of, uh, of God's directives. God says to the angels, do this, do that, and they do this and they do that, right? Ki Amalachaya Lokima Sheshalach Hashem Litalech Baaretz לא יעסוק תנא וגדולה עד שובם להתייצב על אדון כל הארץ. לאמור לפניו, says the angels not going to do anything in Eretz Yisrael, right? להתייצב על אדון כל הארץ לאמור לפניו. התהלכנו בארץ, we went around in the land, והנה יושבת בשלווה, and the angels would report back to heaven and say everything is calm and peaceful or this everything is wild and, and terrible so this this reminds me reminds me of, of the medrash Chazal, Chazal say that uh, uh, that everything was done, they try to explain that everything that happens in the world, even the things that seem to us to be nature, uh, natural, uh, were actually the result of, of divine fiat. God said to the grasses, grow, and the angel beat them, beat the grass, and, and the grass grew a little bit. So that means that there's this ongoing connection between God's will and the result of God's will. The fact that it looks like to us like, like something that repeats itself doesn't mean anything. You know, logically, logically God could command the grasses to grow 
in a kind of repetitive way. But the idea, the idea that the Ramban is focusing on is that everything that happens, happens because God wills it to happen. Right? Now that's just a, a, a particular position that you could adopt. It's not something you could prove. But, but you could adopt such a position, and the Rabban does. So he says, So the angels go up to heaven, and they report to God what's going on. And God said, well, we go back where you came from and straighten this out and straighten that out. And that's, uh, that's what, uh, what happens. Ve'er'ahu, her'ahu, mi'amarelmi, Hashem, shows Yaakov, shows Yaakov, er'ahu ki hu yitbarech mitzav al hasulam. Right, that God, that's what the Pasuk says. The next Pasuk, Pasuk Yud Gimel. Look, at, look again at the Pasuk. Pasuk Yud Gimel. Behinei Yud Kei Vav Kei, Hashem, the name of God, nitzav alav. Is, is standing on it, on the ladder. And God said to Yaakov, I am the God of your father Abraham and the father and your father Yitzchak. Right? It seems almost like a non sequitur. Like God says, I am God the God of your father, the God of your grandfather, and the land that, you, that you're sleeping upon, the land that you're lying upon, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. What's one thing got to do with another? Right? So Ramban says, Her'ahu, about the fourth line, the end, towards the end of the line, Her'ahu, God shows Yaakov, Ki hu yitbarech mitzav al hasulam. He allowed him to see it. You like to see God on the top of the sulam. Umavticho liyakov vavtachagdola. Umavticho liyakov vavtachagdola. He promised that to, he promised Yaakov with a great promise that he would get this land, right? Lodia shehulo yebiyad hamalachim, aval yechelek Hashem. And this is in order that Yaakov should understand that he is not dependent on the angels, but he is going to kind of be under the direct control of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So, again, what does Yaakov see? He sees angels of Eretz Yisrael leaving. He sees angels of, of, of Chutz Aretz coming. And there was some difference with, with the way God controls Eretz Yisrael and God controls Chutz Laaretz, which is, of course, uh, uh, the th- we don't know why. We don't know how that works exactly, but we know that that's what, the according to the Ramban, that that's what we mean. And then he saw that God is perched upon this uh, ladder. And according to the Ramban, what that means is that God, God himself, so to speak, takes responsibility for, for uh, uh, Yaakov. Not the angels who leave Eretz Kedan, and not the angels who come down to watch over him in Chutzlars, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself is going to be in charge of Yaakov. And that's what Nitzav, 
on the sulam, what, what it means, and that's what the Ramban calls that haftachagdola, a great promise, right? Lodia, again, I'm in the fifth line. Lodia malachim. He's not going to be with the angels. But he's always going to be with Hashem. He, uh, he Yaakov, will always be with Hashem. The next person, God said, I, HaKadosh Baruch will be with you. So that, that uh, uh, according to the Ramban, the uh, Yaakov is having an educational experience and he's discovering that the relationship that people have to God is not the same. It's not always the same, but it varies from place to place, from idea to idea. And his relationship is going to be the most, the best, biggest of them. Listen, listen to how he says it. He says, K'mo God says to Yaakov, Ki ma'alato gidola mishaar hatzadikim. The level of Yaakov is greater than the other righteous people. Shneemar b'hem. It says about them, Ki ma'alachav yitzavelcha l'shomrecha bechol derachecha. That the angels will watch over you to uh, to take care of all uh, all the paths that you. Uh, that you go. So there you have it. Uh, Yaakov Avinu had a uh, chalom, and in that chalom he learned something about his relationship to God, his relationship to God. We don't know anything about his relationship to God before this event took place, and this is what the Ramban explains. Now listen. V'adat Rabbi Eliezer Hagadol. It's, it, there's a medrash called Pirkei de Rabbi Eliezer Hagadol, and it, it, in that medrash there's sort of like the history of Breshit, the period of Breshit, later as well, but Breshit, the Avot, expanded a little bit. So he says, uh, <coughs> it says there, Haita zot ben habitarim Abraham that this vision that Yaakov had was similar to the vision of the pieces where there was the original covenant with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Ki her'ehu memshelet arba malchiyot umalatam v'yiridatam because olim v'yordim has another meaning and that has to do with the four uh, uh, kingdoms umaalatam and their and their special qualities. They're going up and going down. So we know we know that uh, the that in history, one of the ways that uh, we look at history is arba malchuyot. That uh, we'll see in a minute what what that is. elokim, and that's what it means. What the pasuk means when it says Malachi Elokim, Kemoshin Neemar Bedaniel Zar Malchut Yavan 
Vesar Malkut Paras. Right, first there was Yavan and then Paras and then Vesar Malkut Paras. Vesar Malkut Paras. Vevticho ki hu yitale yye imo bechol asher yelech beinehem viyishberenu viyatzilenu miyadam. So Yaakov was going to be protected from these malchuyot, these nations that uh, did not always have, uh, did not always have our <coughs> concern at heart. Amru, parentheses, Shab Bepirke de Rabbalazar, Eralo HaKadosh Baruchu, Arba Malchiyot, Moshlan V'Avdan, that he showed him again, he showed uh, Yaakov the four Malchuyot, the four kingships, uh, their rise and their, and their fall. Moshlan v'Avdan. Her ato sar Malchut Bavel ole shivim okim v'yoreid. Her ahu sar Malchut Madai ole chamishim v'shnaim okim v'yoreid. That's us, the Egalut of Romi. Right? Now, what the Ramban is trying to tell us is that there's a pshat and a super pshat. In this story about the, uh, about the uh, uh, Malachim Olim Biyordim, right? The Malachim Olim Biyordim also represent the Arba Malchuyot, and that the idea is that they will rise up and do great things and then fall down again. And that's all the nations until you get to Rome, uh, until you get to Rome, and the, the, the Romans remain as they are. Okay, so that's the, that's the Ramban. This is what the Ramban says. Now if we look at the other, at the other page at Pasukkav. Pasukkav, Pasukkav. Vayidar Yaakov neder leimor. This is like one of the strangest Pasukim in the Torah. Uh, Uh, no. <coughs> Yaakov gets up. Let's go back a few psukim. Pasuk Yudalit. Pasuk Yudalit. No, Pasuk Yudalit. Vayazaracha kafar haaretz. He promises Yaakov that he'll have endless progeny. Kafar haaretz. You'll, you'll need a lot of apartments, so you'll, you'll get them. Which is what the promise that HaKadosh Baruch Hu made to Avram Avinu, if you remember, what does Rashi say? that uh, even though the 
paragraph that starts Shmoda Esrei, Yaakov, the bracha is Magain Abraham. That's the bracha, that the promise to Abraham was that he would be the leading bracha somehow. He would. So here, in this pasuk, in this pasuk, uh, so that seems to be a corollary. You'll have a lot of progeny, you'll have a lot of territory, and the bracha will apply to you, Yaakov, just as it applied to Abraham. But they didn't change the Shmona Ezra. Pasuk Tedvav. Makes a deal with Yaakov. I will be with you. I will watch over you. And I will bring you back to Eretz Kinaan. Right? This land. I will not leave you behind. I will not leave you behind until I accomplish God speaking, right? All these things for you. And Yaakov suddenly got up. Uh, in fact, God is here in this place, and I did not know that. And he was filled with fear this place is terrible terrible in a positive way I mean wonderful Sukim and this is for Yaakov what an awakening he's having he got up in the morning and he took the stone that he put under his head, and he set it up as a, uh, set it up, right? He made it into a, uh, a matzeva. <laughs> he anointed it with oil. So that's it. That's it. God tells Yaakov, that he's the recipient of the bracha. Remember, remember, you should remember, the parish of Toldot, the parish of Toldot, well, we read the story every year, right? We read the story every year. So he said, why was Rivka so interested in Yaakov getting the bracha? Because she knew that he should get the bracha. But what bracha was it that he should get? He, Yaakov, what bracha should he get? The bracha of Abraham, that bracha. And she, Rivka, thought that Yitzchak was going to give that bracha to, to Asa. But that was wrong. That was wrong. Yitzchak did not give the bracha of Abraham to Asa. Because apparently, even though it's not indicated so well, apparently Yitzchak also knew a thing or two. Yitzhak also understood that Esav was not the proper recipient of the bracha. So who did get that bracha? Yaakov. When did Yaakov get that bracha? When did Yaakov get that bracha? 
If you look back, I don't know if it's allowed, but if you look backwards <laughs> at the parasha of Toldot, right? Esav says, I'm going to kill him. Because he got, he got the bracha. But what bracha did he get? The bracha, they call it Gashviut. You know, it should rain and it should be hunted and everything should be, you know, f- your physical situation should be wondrous. Everything should be wonderful. So Esav said, I'm going to kill him. He got the bracha. But Esav didn't understand that that wasn't the bracha that Rivka was fearful of her, hus- her son not getting. But that was the bracha of Abraham, which Yitzchak gave to Yitzchak before, which Yitzchak gave to Yaakov before he ran away out of the dangerous clutches of Esau. So Yitzchak also knew more or less. And here the, the bracha that was passed on from Yitzchak to Yaakov it's validated as an original bracha by a Kodesh Baruch to Yaakov. I mean, that's what that's what happened. That's what it says in the in the Chumash. I mean, I can't help that. So, uh, I just wanted to. Uh, so here we are. I mean, we go through these Rashi's. So then, then we come up to this difficult pasuk, the pasuk kaf. Vayidar Yaakov neder leimor, and Yaakov says, "Okay, okay, that's very nice. I'm happy that uh, that you made me this offer, but uh, I have something to say." Vayidar Yaakov neder leimor, and he he's going to take an oath. Imi yelo imi madi ushmarani b'der chazeh asher nochi olech. What does that mean? I mean, what exactly is what exactly is uh, is the examples, the examples that Yaakov chooses, lechem lechol ubeged lilbosh. Do you think he's going to be the only one in the world who has lechem lechol ubeged lilbosh? I mean, what what is Yaakov saying? What is Yaakov saying? It doesn't make any sense. Vayidar Yaakov neder leimor. If God does this and that, then then natanli lechem lechol abeged lilbosh. So what I think that the pasuk might mean is that Yaakov turns up to heaven and says, "Look, if I'm able, if I'm able to comprehend, to understand that the bread I have." And the clothes that I'm wearing, if they look like everybody else. Everybody has bread to eat and, and clothes to wear. I mean, everybody, but I mean most people. But if I want to be able to tell that in my case it comes from God. So if you go back to read the, the earlier psukim, that's what God says to, 
That's what God says to Yaakov. He says, you have this ability. This is the offer. This is the bracha. The bracha is not a credit card, gold or platinum or whatever, whatever credit cards they have today. It's not a credit card for olam hazeh. It's not that you, Yaakov, will be able, will be able to, uh, uh, to get what you want, what you need. But you'll be able to see that it all comes from HaKadosh Baruch That's the bracha. That's the bracha of Gashmius. Esav got the bracha of Gashmius from Yaakov. He didn't get the bracha of Gashmius, which had something to do, which had something to do with visualizing or, 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 or feeling the presence of HaKadosh Baruch That's a very rare thing. It's a very rare thing. And you remember that at that, that, uh, Matan Torah, the Matan Torah, there was a step when the, when the young people all went and they made food and they had a party. And it's like very strange, very strange that at the, that at the time of, of uh, Matan Torah, they would go and make, have a party and eat food and have sacrifices. But again, Again, it's the, it's the desire that you might have to be able to see God in the Gashmius, in the, in the pragmatic things. Well, that's what it says in the Pasuk. That's what it says in the Pasuk. So he says, so that's what Yaakov said. Im, if God will give me, will be with me, ushmarani baderech hazeh it won't be what everybody else thinks, that there's bread and there are clothes. And you just take them and you have them. And that's called bracha. No, the bracha is the ability not to see God in Matan Torah only, right, but to see God in, in everything. In everything that happens, in all the little, all the little things. Right? Rashi. If God will actually keep these promises, to be with me, right? The Pasuk says, you'll watch over me. As God said to me, I will watch over you that means that you'll be safe but you won't think that your safety is dependent on a bunch of, of soldiers that you have going with you or policemen but you're safe because you see the protection of God that's very difficult that's a level of, of, uh, of uh, difficulty that only Yaakov was was able to achieve, right? As I said, Avram had it in his, in his analysis, in his philosophical analysis, that it all comes from God. And, and Yitzchak was a, a, a latmima. He, he didn't make chakirot. He didn't investigate it. But Yaakov was the one who was called upon to see God protecting him. Even though there was nothing much to see, but that was part of the of the chalom, 
Right? Lechem lechol. You see, you skipped the Rashi. Lechem lechol. Kemosha amar ki lo azavcha. Amavakesh lechem hu karui nezav. Rashi says that somebody who is, has to look for bread is considered to be left behind. Shenemar velora iti tzadik nezav. Okay, you all know that that pasuk. In any event, any event, this is uh, the religious experience uh, that was granted to Yaakov. The religious experience granted to Yaakov, not just that he could speak to God upon occasion, that you could kind of make a special time for speaking to God, but he was able to see. God's protection and God's support in everything that happened. And everything happened, and that was the remarkable thing. So we turn the page and look at the Ramban. Remember, that's the condition. The condition that, uh, that uh, Yaakov makes. Lashon Rashi. This is how Rashi explained that. Im Yishmoli he says, if God will be, uh, uh, will take care of all the promises that he promised me. So why is there a tenai? That's the tenai. In other words, everybody knows that, that we have the strength, the ability to usurp God's promise. You know, as we know that it, just like uh, if God promises a punishment and the people who are supposed to be punished act in a positive way, so the punishment is waived, right? That's the story of Ninveh, right? Yonah and Ninveh. But the truth is also in the opposite way that, <coughs> that if uh, God says that he will bless them, give them something, and then they... Uh, deny his authority and and will, so that promise can also be abrogated. So what did uh, Yaakov do according to the Ramban? Tamatnai, the, the towards the end of the first line, Shelo Yigrom Hachet. That even Yaakov says, even if I do the, if I mess up, I want the promise to be intact. Rav Huna b'shem Rav Acha, hinei anochi imach uchtiv imiye elokim imadi. If God will be with me, elamikan she'ein haftacha latzadikim ba'olamaze. But from this we also learn that even the righteous people cannot guarantee ba'olamaze what how God is going to react. Etc. Right? That this is always going to be uh, this is all always going to be the way it is that the the uh, the support that God gives us in this particular case will be uh, uh, Ongoing. Vaya Hashem Lilelokim, the last Ramban, the third Ramban on the page. This is again Pasukaf Aleph. 
Hashem Li. This is the this is the this is the pasuk. B'shavti b'shalom al Beit Avi. I will come back to the house of my father, as you promised me. Hashem Li Lelokim. It's not like that's something that Yaakov is giving back to God. But means I will be on that stage. I mean, that's, what, that's what Yaakov is asking for. He's asking for uh, Aliyah. He wants to be special. He doesn't want to just make a deal with HaKadosh Baruch. He says that God will be with me, meaning I will see God in what's happening in the in the regular things that happen in the world. Uh, the last Ramban, the third Ramban, Vayashem Lilokim, and then Utnai Kidivre Rashi. Ramban says, I don't like Rashi. I don't like Rashi. Where's the Rashi? Vayashem Lilokim, Shechol Shmo Alai. His name will rest upon me from beginning to end. That there should not be any uh, unacceptable uh, children and grandchildren in my, in my progeny. As it says, As it says, if Abraham, this was promised to Abraham, So it means, according to Rashi, the Tanai is really a Tanai. Like Yaakov says, okay, everything's great, but I, I want uh, further, I want to make sure that all my children and grandchildren, etc., are all going to be uh, without a blemish. So Rashi, so the Ramban says, Rashi. I don't like Rashi. It's a promise. It's an oath. If I do, in fact, go back to the house of my father, he says, I will, and this event that's taking place now will become part of my regular, uh, regular life, and uh, I will uh, we'll worship God in the place of this stone. That will become the house of God. That's where I will give the tithe. Uh, of the of Maser is Yesh be'inyan sod mimasha amar shamru kol hadar bechutzal laaretz dome kimisha ein lo eloa. Kimisha is a gemara in Ksuvus. At the end of Ksuvus, the gemara says, "Gemara the Bavli, right? Bavli is Bavel. Bavel is chutz laaretz. So the gemara, the Bavli said." That if you if you live uh, if you live outside of Eretz Yisrael, So that means that if you want to read the story of Yaakov carefully, 
Read the story of Yaakov. So he spent a long time in Babel. He spent a long time in Babel. And then he came back to Eretz Yisrael. If you say to yourselves, you think to yourself, like, what was it that he was missing in Babel that he was looking for when he came back to Eretz Yisrael? So the answer is in that Gemara, according to the Ramban. It doesn't mean that you can't worship God. It doesn't mean that you can't do the mitzvahs and, the, and et cetera. Other Rabbah, I mean, you know, of course you could do uh, the mitzvah. What does Misha Elo Eloha mean? It means that the experience of having a God that is watching over you, that experience is not possible in Chutzel According to the Ramban, I'm not saying anything about it. According to the Ramban, anybody who lives in Chutzel can worship God and do what he has to do, what he's obliged to do, and to avoid the things that he's obliged to avoid. But he can't have that, that uh, uh, feeling. And that was the lesson that Yaakov received when he was on his way to Chutzel it was like almost as though God was saying to Yaakov, you know, Yaakov, you're not the Seder. There's something wrong with you. If there was nothing wrong with you, you wouldn't be leaving the country now. But there's something that you can learn, you will learn, only by leaving Eretz Yisrael and living the life of a Jew in Chutzlaretz, according to the Ramban. According to the Ramban, and by living the life of a Jew in Chutzlaretz, you'll understand what you're missing, what you had in Eretz Yisrael, what you had on that night that you dreamed about Malachi Hashem Olim Olim Bo, Hashem Nitzav Alha Sulam, right? That there's there's some uh, opportunity in Eretz Yisrael that just doesn't exist. In and Yaakov, in order to become a real person with real desires, and not just a uh, <coughs> a person who who takes what you can get, who lives the life of uh, of you know a good life, a goodly life. You know, you know, you've, you've all heard of Chutzlaretz. They build nice shuls there, and they all have nice. Uh, nice cute little children who run around and don't fight in wars and don't fight for for wars and and uh, the Ramban the Ramban thought that Yaakov had to go through that experience it wasn't just Akadosh Baruch telling Yaakov Chutzlaretz uh, is uh, due east you know like but that the lesson that Yaakov Avinu learned or, or participated in when he was leaving Eretz Kinan to go to Aram Naraim, <coughs> Bavel, to go to, to go to Bavel, that lesson could only have been learned in that way. And, and when he came back, when he came back, there was a changing of the guard again. The angels of Chutzlaretz couldn't go to Eretz Yisrael, and the angels of Eretz Yisrael reappeared to bring Yaakov back into into Eretz Yisrael. And the the point was, the point was that 
it was possible, it was possible through the Chalom to achieve a, a certain kind of relationship with God, that there is a God, that God is there, that God is watching, that God is helping, that God is doing it, and that the level of achievement would be lechem and malbush, right, bread and clothing which are regular. I mean, you go to a store, you buy a loaf of bread. It's not something that you get too overwhelmed by, but it is true. It is true that if you, uh, uh, if you could, if you could see, I mean, that's what a bracha, that's what the brachas try to help us do, but that it doesn't always work. But theoretically, theoretically, everybody could see his fortune, not good fortune, his fortune, whatever he has, whatever he gets, as being the result of, of divine intervention. And, and because you, that person is actually very close, very close to HaKadosh Baruch And that was the Yaakov option. Yaakov learned to do that. And that became part of his children and his grandchildren, etc. Okay. Have a uh, have a good Shabbos.